Good morning, Journey Church. How are y'all doing? As you can see, I'm not Pastor Mike, but Pastor Mike is here. And if you want peace in your marriage, you got to invest in it. And he had that opportunity this week to invest in his marriage on a getaway. Um, and I'm going to be speaking on, on his behalf today. But my name is John Bowman. And if you've got kids, you've probably seen me downstairs as I work with the kids. So my, my sermon or teaching is kind of on the elementary level, so I can understand it. So... Uh, but I'm also work at Hope Inspired Ministries, uh, which I've spoke about here before. But it's a workforce uh, for low-skilled, chronic unemployed individuals coming out of addiction, uh, incarceration, and part of the big give last week uh, goes to make what we do possible. And I'll share a story coming up later uh, of a student. But thank you for participating in the big give, and thank you for journey support um, into that. Uh, but before I start, this is. Christmas, um, and I, I wanted to give kind of a Christmas story uh, to kind of tip it off a little bit, and it's the time of giving, uh, the time of Christmas season. Hopefully, everyone here has got their Christmas shopping done, uh, but I, I came across this son who wanted to get his father something unique, and the son had left home, and you know, obviously, he was older, married, and moved on, and he wanted to really give back to his father for all the good things he had done, and he was trying to find something unique something one-of-a-kind to really let his father know how much he loved him. Uh, and he came across something so rare. It was a, a rare, exotic parrot. Uh, and when I say rare and exotic, I mean this, this thing w- could speak five different languages. Uh, I mean, it, it was amazing. You know, I barely speak one well, but he spoke five. Uh, and then um, the, the bird could even sing the state song in Texas. So you, you can see with that comes a rare price tag. The bird cost $10,000, $10,000, but his dad was worth it. He wanted to really give back to him and really surprise him for Christmas. So um, he paid, had it shipped to him, uh, and he waited. He waited because he, he wanted his father to really enjoy it, and uh, he called him later on on Christmas Day to find out if he got it and if he enjoyed it. And So he calls him on the phone and says, uh, Dad, did you get the gift I sent? And the dad said, I did, I did, son. And he's like, well, well, did you like it? And the dad said, oh, absolutely, it was delicious. <sighs> well, you know, that same thing happens at Christmas. He missed the true meaning of the gift. But we miss, in society and the world, we miss the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. That, that's what, that did not happen. Uh, the story was, it was made up. And the, bird, the birds say... Uh, but peace on earth, and, and kind of going to that, the, the bottom, it says this earth needs peace. If you've turned on the news, you know the need for Jesus. And, and Pastor Mike talked last week, and I'm going to briefly touch on it, but that peace is Jesus. And we need Jesus on the earth. So this is uh, the scripture, the same one we talked about last week, but Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And Jesus doesn't need our help. He just needs us to let him out. His word, if you use it, and I saw it used even yesterday, if you let Jesus' word out, it will change the environment. It will change lives. But it's up to us to let that out. Uh, But you need peace. That's one of the things I'm going to talk about, and, and Mike mentioned it last week, but we could really mention it every week. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to hone in on whether or not you need to ask him in your heart today. 
Uh, and then second place, um, you know, once you ask Jesus in your heart, it's not just a sit and wait. God wants to use you, and God wants to bless you um, in, in your life as well. So this, this is the most famous verse, and probably everybody in here could quote it. You, you can turn game day on on Saturdays, and you'll see it on signs. You'll see it on players' face. Um, and in high school, you know, I looked for easy ways to figure out what the subject was. And the easiest way to know the Bible is to know this verse. And it's John 3.16, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And it actually spells out gospel. You can see the uh, G in God, the O and only Son, um, and then perish and eternal life. And it spells out gospel. And the top up there, I know you've probably seen it, uh, but it serves as a reminder. If it's N-O, peace, then you cannot expect any peace in your life. So no peace, no peace in your life. But if you know K-N-O-W, peace, if you know Jesus, then trust me, you will find that peace in your life. Um, and, it's, and it's extremely important uh, to know that. Um, and the, the, first, the first block on is don't miss Christmas. Don't miss Christmas. Uh, it's so easy this Christmas season, and Christmas is year-long. Jesus wants to go with you year-long. But as we celebrate the greatest gift ever given, do not miss Christmas. And I want to share one example here in Luke 2, 6, and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. They gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So the very first one who missed Christmas was the innkeeper. And I spent, I retired from the city of Montgomery, but about 26 years I had, uh, you know, we were obviously tax-based revenue and and we constantly tried to get new hotels into the city because of the tax revenue. Uh, but this, and this is John Bowman going into this and explaining a little further. It's not in the Bible, so this is Bowman Extra. Um, but the innkeeper, he had a full hotel. So he was sitting back and counting the money that he had. He was celebrating money and missed Jesus. He missed Christmas. Because he said, he turned them away and said, there's no room here at this inn. But can you imagine if he would have made room for Jesus, how much better that hotel would have been to say that the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born here at this hotel. Uh, you talk about growth within there. And if you, want, if you want your business to grow, if you want your marriage to grow, if you want your life to grow, invite Jesus in. He will change the situation. And the innkeeper's not the only one that missed Christmas. You can look, go back and read the whole story. I don't have the scripture here. King Herod, when he heard Jesus was coming, he didn't celebrate him. He got worried that he was going to get knocked off the throne. And that's what happens in our own life sometimes when we miss Christmas. I've got to give something up if Jesus is to come into my life. And we miss Christmas. You miss the blessing. You miss that peace that we need. This room needs peace. This world needs peace. But the secret is to invite peace in, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And even, so King Herod missed it and even plotted to kill all the babies under two years old. But if you look back, and it's in Matthew, he talked about pulling the religious leaders in. 
the priest in. So it doesn't matter if you know the Bible. If you don't apply the Bible, if you don't apply God's word to your life, then you're going to miss Christmas. And the religious leaders, they came. But if you ever look at the nativity scenes, you never see the, uh, uh, the priest and the, you know, the religious leaders there because they missed Christmas. They missed Christmas. But do not miss Christmas this year because you're missing, you're missing out on something huge. And to, to reiterate that point, I was in Walmart last night and they had a tree with some nicely wrapped gifts right at the front. Now, these are, are nicely wrapped gifts. And, and I remember uh, as a kid and sometimes even as an adult, you know, just to be honest, I'll see those presents and I'll see the big ones. And I'm like, ooh, what's inside that one? Um, but in reality, you all know that the only way those presents are going to last in front of Walmart and at, this, at these stores is because there's nothing inside the box. They look beautifully wrapped up, beautifully wrapped up. So what's under the tree? Better yet, what's in those boxes? And there's nothing. But we can be like that sometimes as, as Christians, as people. We can look all cleaned up and dressed up, but what's on the inside, is ma- it really matters. It really matters, and that's, that's how you invite peace uh, into your life, and that's how it changes things. So don't miss Christmas, this Christmas, and this year. But who is, who is Jesus? Um, so I was, I was brought up in church um, and have known Jesus and can give you personal stories of how God has intervened in my life. Uh, but don't take my word for it. You know, there's the historians use the Bible, both Christian and non-Christian. They use the Bible, and they use it because it's, it's facts. It's factual. Um, you can check it out, and if you don't know Jesus, you really should read the Bible to determine for yourself whether or not you should know him. Uh, but I want to share some, some facts that are, are really overwhelming um, proof and evidence that Jesus is the Savior. Um, and, and this this is in Luke chapter 2, 39, is the prophecy of Anna. Uh, but when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. And if you go back and read the story of Jesus in Matthew, they give even more. And it's the law and the prophecies that said, hey, the Savior will do these things. That's what Herod called the religious leaders in and said, hey, what does the Old Testament say about the coming Savior? And they started laying them out. Well, in, in the Old Testament, there's close to 300 prophecies, predictions. They said, hey, this will happen. This will happen when the Savior comes, when God comes, when Jesus comes. These things will happen. Um, and I read a, a, a book. It's Peter Stoner. It's the book is Science Speaks. And, and he went to looking into these prophecies and tried to come up with a math formula to really explain this so that you can know the facts, so that you can understand it. So, you know, uh, what are, and, and in football, they, they love to talk about the odds of this team winning. Well, what are the odds that one guy could fulfill these 300 prophecies? And, you know, Peter Stoner's a lot smarter than me, but he had to narrow it down to come up with a formula. And, and Peter Stoner said, Let's just focus on one person fulfilling just eight, just eight of these. What would be the odds of it? And I've got a, an example to, 
to show you that. And it, his, his math formula was 1 and to the 1017th power, which the numbers um, are um, a 17 with, or it's a 1 with 17 zeros behind it. One and that many chances, but I needed it broken down even further, so that's what I'm going to do with this. Um, and, and my mom's here today. She drove through the state of Texas, and it took her a whole day. Has anybody driven through Texas before? Okay, it's a, it's a huge, huge state. Um, and, and when you go from east to west, it takes a long time. But the, I got a, a line on the other side of here. And this line is two feet tall from here down. So the odds of, of one guy fulfilling just eight, he gave this equation. You fill the state of Texas up with these silver dollars two feet deep, the whole state. And you blindfold a guy and you mark one coin and you tell him, hey, go out there. You pick any coin you want to. The odds of that one person picking that one coin is the odds of... One guy fulfilling these eight, just eight prophecies. And now you can stack it on top of each other and just imagine the odds of one person fulfilling 300 of those. So Jesus has changed my life, and I can give you real life stories, but look at the facts that's laid out in the Bible. It's a true happening thing that you can't afford to miss. Jesus is real. It's a beautiful Christmas story. But it is the peace that we need in our lives and the peace that this world needs in it. So don't miss Christmas. Uh, there is factual stuff behind that. And, and remember, you go to Texas and pull out one, hey, you're, you better bet on Jesus. Um, so how do we get peace on earth? How do we get it? Um, and this is Luke 2, 38, and it's in there. And I'm going to read it in a minute. But um, I had last Sunday, I believe, I ran into James Holland. I don't know if he's in the service, but, but he works at Hands Heating and Air. And I asked him a question, and it, and it really ties in to how we get peace on earth. Um, so he's in the air conditioning business. And I asked him, I said, James, what's the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? And he, he didn't waste any time to going straight in. Uh, he almost tried to sell me air conditioning, but I said, I just got one. But he said, you know, a thermometer, really, all it does is tell you what the temperature is. That's it. It tells you what the temperature is. But a thermostat, and he went on to talk about this thermostat, because the thermostat has the power to change the temperature in the room. It changes the temperature. Well, we as Christians can be a lot like one of those two things. A thermometer, it's easy to go, well, this person needs to do that, this person needs to do that, and really pointing our finger. But a thermostat says, you know what, let's go in and change the environment. And that's the peace of Jesus. If you invite Jesus into there, it's just like we turn the air conditioner on. When the cold air comes in here, it's going to change the temperature. And when you invite Jesus into your problems, into someone else's problems, he changes it. That's all he can do is change it. And he's going to come in and change it. His word is never, never void. So a, a good example of a thermometer, um, and you can see the picture of the thermostat and a the thermometer, which are you, is the question. 
John 8, 4. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? So they were merely measuring the temperature. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, he's fixing to turn the thermostat on. He said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And they left. But that's, that's what we do a lot of times uh, when, when God has called us to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. I've got plenty of flaws. I don't need you to tell me I got them. I know I have them. I know, you know, God changes me, but I know that God wants me to invite and inject Jesus into every corner of my life. And then this is a thermostat. This is back to Luke 2, 38. Listen, listen to what happens. She came along just as Simon was walking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectingly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She talked about Jesus to everyone, to everyone. And I heard um, recently, it's like, don't pass by ministry on the way to do ministry. And how many times have we walked by and felt God wanting me to encourage someone, to share the love with someone? God has called us to do that. Uh, Even other scriptures, you know, do not judge others. So why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? And I'm, I'm, I'm confessing to you that I've done that, to say those things. But that's not what God calls us to be. That's being a thermometer. And a thermometer really does not change things. Jesus does. Jesus does. And he tells us in Mark 16, 15, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. We need peace. It's easy to sit back and watch the news and say, Well, they need to, they need to, they need to, we need peace. But God has called us to be that thermostat. And you adjust that temperature and you invite Jesus into your mess and he can turn it into a blessing. He changes. He changes things. Um, and I, I mentioned that, that I work at Hope Inspired Ministries and a, a perfect example uh, of that is so we get individuals that, that come with brokenness. Uh, we help them push the reset button in life. Um, and what greater time to talk about reset than Christmas when Jesus was sent for me so that I could push the reset button, so that I could get a second chance at life, so that I could get, uh, you know, that off opportunity of grace to forgive me of my sins. Um, Lanisha's story, it's, it's a perfect example of, of how we can come across as a thermometer but it's also a perfect example in the end of how being a thermostat, inviting Jesus to a situation can change it. Uh, Lanisha's 39 years old. Uh, you can see she, she's got a Waffle House uniform and, and works at the Waffle House and is doing well. Uh, but Lanisha's 39 years old and she has 10 children. Um, on the surface, and probably some of you just started thinking about it, why does she have 10 children? Doesn't have custody of any of them. She does one. I'll get to it in a minute but doesn't have custody of any of them. So the natural side of us is to be that thermometer and say, well, she don't need to have any more children. She have not got that. And you start to judge and based upon what someone may appear as. But if you stop 
and be a thermostat and measure and really find out, well, what, what is the story behind her? You find out that when she was 14 years old, her stepfather, she saw him overdose and die on drugs, but yet she had an addiction issue. So her addiction issue started at a very young age. And at 14, she was in her first abusive relationship. And with the man that abused her and beat her, she had her first child as a child. So she was broken and invited more brokenness in, um, but she had two more children in that broken relationship, only to leave it to find another broken relationship and another broken relationship. But at 39 years old, she found herself homeless, not custody of any children, but she came in contact with someone that was a thermostat. She came in contact with someone that didn't say, well, why'd you do this? Why are you doing that? They told her where to find hope. They told her, hey, why don't you go over here to Hope Inspired Ministries, and they will teach you and show you and help you find the hope. So she had a spiritual need, but she had a physical need that had to be met. And if all through the Bible, if you look at Jesus, he met their physical need followed by their spiritual need. But Lanisha came to us, and um, she did outstanding going through the program. Uh, she really learned, really progressed, really adhered to everything that we taught her. And now she's uh, one year clean, and she's, she's working at Waffle House. Yes, give her a hand. She's, she's working at the Waffle House, and one thing that I always tell our students is, you know, God didn't create you for mediocrity. He created you for greatness. Um, and she is excelling at Waffle House and about to be promoted to manager. But on December the 8th, just one week ago, she got custody of her youngest child. She got custody of her. But I want you to understand it started with someone who said, okay, God, use me. They didn't, they didn't, preach, a, they didn't preach a 10-point sermon to her. They just pointed her in the right direction and told her where to find hope. How easy is it for us to invite someone to church? Me and my wife at Walmart invited someone to church and they came. How can God use you to be a thermostat? This world needs it. This world needs peace. This world needs changing. But it's up to us to take and deliver that message of hope to the world. Don't sit back and say it's hot in here. I can walk outside and tell you it's hot. But to walk out and change the environment is what Jesus does and what he will do. Um, you know, several years ago, I went to um, an event with this church in Birmingham um, to the Gridiron Conference and saw a photograph. Um, and it's a strong photograph, but it changed my life. It changed my life and how I look at each and every situation and how I don't walk by certain situations, because you never know uh, what that situation will be. And I want to share the, the photograph with you um, in hopes that it, it charges you to understand the importance of taking Jesus to the ends of the earth. And this is the photograph. Um, many of you uh, probably remember this photograph, um, but this, this was in Sudan, and this little girl um, was walk or trying to get to the UN feeding station. Um, so 
everyone can look at this vulture and see what this vulture is doing. It's sitting and waiting for the moment for this child to pass away. Um, and this same thing happens in America. There's vultures that are praying over certain situations um, that people need help. This little girl had a physical need, just like those in addiction have a physical need. Those who are homeless have a physical need. Those who are in broken or abusive relationships have a physical need. Jesus wants us to reach out. Jesus wants us to do something. He wants us to be a thermostat and change that environment. You know, Satan is praying on the weak, just like that vulture. Satan is praying on those marriages that don't have those barriers. He's praying on those in addiction. He's praying on those who don't have godly fathers and godly mothers pouring into them. And you don't have to be someone's father or mother to share Jesus with them. All you got to do is let him out. Let him out. Uh, but the reason this picture changed my life, Kevin Carter took the photograph in 1993 um, in Sudan. And, you know, this, the photograph really started changing uh, the feeding America and the, you know, feeding the world uh, and those songs that came out during then. Uh, and it was an impactful photograph. And in 1994, Kevin Carter won the Pulsar Prize, which is an incredible award. Um, it's something to write home about. Um, but Kevin Carter, every press conference he ever went to, they asked him a question that he could not answer. And some of you may have been thinking it right now. What happened to that little girl? What happened? And he couldn't answer that question. And four months later, he committed suicide. You know, God has us in certain situations. He wants to use us. Do not pass by ministry opportunity. Do not pass it by. There's people at your work that are, are being preyed upon by Satan. And all you got to do is let Jesus out. He will change the situation. But it's up to you to be that thermostat. God wants to use you in some mighty and powerful ways. Will you let him? Will you let him? Some next steps. Um, you know, these are questions that I want you to, to ask yourself. What will you do to ensure that you don't miss Christmas? You know, the, the innkeeper missed Christmas because he was caught up in greed, because he was caught up in wanting a fortune, because he wanted so much business. Are you like that at your work? Are you caught up in the hustle and bustle that Jesus can't get into your end? That Jesus can't get into your house. Jesus wants to walk with you, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. Every day of the week, whether you're an innkeeper, an accountant, a police officer, it doesn't matter. Jesus wants in on where you are. And just like that innkeeper, had he invited Jesus in, that hotel would have been the hotel to visit. When you invite him in, I guarantee he'll change your situation. I guarantee it. Will you be a thermometer or a thermostat? It's easy to be a thermometer. It's easy. But that's not what God called you to do. That's not what God needs. That's not what's going to bless your life, your business, your job. You invite Jesus in and watch the blessings flow.
um, the bottom three lines, and there's three lines on your, on your um, handout. And I did this activity with the kids last week, and it was so fitting for the kids, I thought it would be fitting to do it in here. The first, the first blank right there, if you could go to any amusement park in the world, any amusement park, and you could take one person with you, who would you take? Who would you take? And write that name down there. Write that name on there. Um, feel free to put me on there. The second one, and it's kind of a scary one, but you got that friend that you know that you could take. If you could go skydiving, if you could go skydiving, you had to take somebody with you, that one person with you, who would it be? Who would it be? And write them on there. And some of you are not right, but I know you're thinking it in your head. So the third one there, and this is the one I really want to focus on. It's easy to come up with somebody we would invite to a football game. It's easy to think of somebody who would invite to amusement park. Who do you need to share Jesus with? Who do you need to share Jesus with? And if you don't know Jesus, that third blank, I want you to write in there, I want Jesus in my life or I don't want Jesus in my life. There is no middle ground. It's either yes or no with him. But if you know someone, and I know you do, you're thinking of that name right now. Don't pass by a thermostat opportunity, a ministry opportunity where you can change someone's life. That's how you get peace on it. That's how you get peace. If you would, bow your heads. Um, and, and I want to ask you, there's, there's two, two people I'm talking to. One, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know peace, if you don't have peace in your life, you need it. You need it. It will change everything. You think your situation is, is just unique to you. It's not. Without Jesus, you have no peace. Don't look and search for things in this world to fill it up where only Jesus can. He's the only one. He's the only peace you'll ever find, but he gives you the freedom and the opportunity to ask him into your heart. If you want to experience true peace in your life, in your job, in your marriage, it starts with asking Jesus into it. And if anybody here today wants to ask Jesus in your heart, I'm going to challenge you to be bold and raise your hand and say, you know what, that peace you talk about, I need him. I need Jesus in my life. You raise your hand right now. Um, and I want to pray for you. You just raise that hand and say, God, I need you. I need that peace. I'm not going to pass by another day. I'm not going to wait another day closer to Christmas to have Jesus. Amen. I see your hand. God will change you. God will change those who raise their hand. But the second part, I want to talk to you as a Christian. God did not call you to be a thermometer saying this person needs to do this, they need to do that, they need this. He called you to be a thermostat, just like James mentioned. You have the power to change your room just by inviting Jesus into it. Just by inviting Jesus into it. Will you do that this week? You wrote a name, or you're thinking of a name. I challenge you to hold true to God and watch God at work. Man, I invited Jesus to a situation yesterday and saw it unite a family have been separated watch Jesus work it's addicting to watch Jesus work it's addicting to see Jesus change a situation I invite you to do that let's pray dear God I thank you so much for everything that you're doing at Journey Church 
uh, those that raised their hand just a minute ago. I just want to say a simple prayer with them. Um, you know, the, the steps of asking Jesus, it's easy. It's easy. First, admitting that you need help. Admitting you're a sinner and are broken. And then be believing that you sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. And then see the, the part they've already done. They raised their hand and said, Jesus, I want you. I need you in my life. And we know from Bible stories, from truth, I shared facts with them if they need that. I know that you're real because I've seen you come in and change situations in my own life. There's true power in the blood of Jesus. All we got to do is let you out. God, I thank you for those who have accepted you today. Their life has changed forever, forever. But God, I want to change the Christians in here. Sometimes we ask Jesus in our heart and we think that's it. Man, the, the, the true blessing in my life was when I came sharing your word, seeing your blessings, and seeing you multiply your blessings. The innkeeper missed Christmas, the King Herod missed Christmas, even the religious leaders missed Christmas. We can know the Bible, but until you apply the Bible to your life, man, you ain't seen anything yet. I challenge these to tell that one person. It may be nervous. It may be, you know, how do I do it? How do I say it? But man, every time I've done it, God, you've, you've provided what I needed. But it's so awesome to see you at work. Imagine a world where everyone reached down and helped someone. Imagine if everyone in here helped one person. They would be changed, but then they would change others. It's a ripple effect. That's how the gospel got to where we are today, some 2,000 years later, because someone was a thermostat. And I thank you for that one who changed Lanisha's life by being a thermostat, by just pointing her to hope. If anything we do, we can simply point them to you. God, thank you for everything, and we just continue to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The, the band's going to close in a song. There'll be um, prayer warriors down front to pray with you. If you want to come to pray, uh, I encourage you to. And, and after the service, we'll be in the back in the VIP room. And if you pray to ask Jesus in your heart, we want to celebrate because that's a true celebration right there. Thank you.